Welcome to Grace Notes. Hebrews 1 verse 2 says that in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir to all things, and through whom He made the universe. It's clear through this verse that if we really desire to know God nowadays, we need to learn how to communicate with Him through studying the words of Jesus, His Son. Jesus' instructions to His disciples, commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer, is a simplistic model which contains all the essential elements for an effective prayer. Over the next several programs, we will delve into each phrase, exploring each meaning, and see how it relates to us today. You won't want to miss a single broadcast. Why not invite your friends to listen? It could change their lives, too. We recently returned from a missions trip to South Africa, where we assisted some dedicated Transworld Radio missionaries with several projects. One of the missionaries we met was a man, fondly referred to by his cohorts as Mr. TWR, because he'd worked for TWR for over 50 years. It was thrilling to hear his stories of God's marvelous provision for both TWR and himself. he just returned to the field after a bout of cancer. In the course of conversation, he said he'd asked the Lord for another 10 years to live so he could find out more about prayer. This request so impressed us that we've taken it on as a personal challenge. We thought you might be interested in taking the learning journey with us. We'll begin with an overview of the Lord's Prayer. You can find it in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9-13. through 13. It's more accurately known as the Model Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer, because as the Son of God without sin, Jesus could not have joined in the petition, Forgive us our sins. His own high priestly prayer is recorded in John 17. First, we need to review what Jesus taught before he rendered the actual model. In verses 5 and 6, he addressed our spiritual posture towards prayer. Listen to his words. When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, this doesn't mean we're supposed to be locked behind closed doors when we pray, though private prayer should never be uttered in public. The idea is that we're doing it because we want God to hear us, not men. It's about an interchange between two people who love each other. The hypocrites loved to pray. They didn't love God. Oswald Chambers writes, There is no greater threat to our devotion to Christ than our service to Christ. So true. And it's not about big fancy words or religious terminology either. The hypocrites love the accolades they receive from men for their pious-sounding words. Their ostentatious prayer attitude displeased God. Their reward was the accolades alone. The greater reward could have been the intimate fellowship they would have had with God. It's the attitude that's important here. It should be that of humility. Another word for humble is lowly. Psalm 138.6 reads, Though the Lord is on high, he regards the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. Jesus set the example for us to follow in this. He said we are to take his yoke upon us and learn from him, for he is gentle and lowly in heart. He proved that by making himself nothing, 
taking the very nature of a servant, humbling himself and becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, taking on the yoke as a symbol of submission. Only when we obey can we find the rest our soul needs for. He will prepare our hearts to receive his soothing words. The psalmist understood that when he wrote in Psalm ten seventeen. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear. In Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, God says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Another aspect of preparation for prayer is physical posture. God was displeased with the hypocrites, not because they stood to pray, but rather because they stood so men could see them. Tradition is okay, too, in regards to the position we take, like kneeling, bowling, or the like, as long as we are not in love with tradition or use it like the hypocrites did. Lamentations 3.41 says, Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven. Both reflect a yielding spirit. Again, a bowed heart is what God looks for. There's no fooling God. Hebrews 4.13 says that nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before his eyes. King David knew the right way to approach God. He said in Psalm 24, 3-4, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. We should be God's biggest fans. <laughs> In Psalm 29, 1-2, David writes, Ascribe, or give credit to, the Lord, O mighty ones. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Who else can we go to to bear our soul, or be totally open with and still be loved? So let's come to Him with pure hearts, ready to give Him glory and praise for all that He is and is to us here as i worship you i long to be more honest long to be more free and i long to be more real long to be transparent as you see
we really think that communing with God will make a difference? Sadly, I think not, or we as believers would make prayer a priority. It always bothers me when I spend time with elderly folk who say they feel useless because they can't do what they used to do. What an incredible opportunity to become a prayer warrior when the worldly obligations are at a minimum. Another thing Jesus taught about prayer is recorded in Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. John Bunyan once said, In prayer, it is better to have a heart without words than words without heart. Speech to God cannot be ordered too carefully. Ecclesiastes 5.2 reminds us, Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. It's not to be a one-way conversation either. It's an interchange between two hearts, united in one through Christ. King David knew the value of communing with God. It was a lifestyle for him. He said in Psalm 27, 4, This is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. May prayer become a lifestyle for us, too. I'm finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say Word of God speak
You've been listening to Grace Notes. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please write and tell us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 21047, or email us through our website at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your Grace Notes be a song of praise. Praise.